This is the Michael Bryan Show. Inspire, empower, and educate with Barbara Ward. Barbara, what have you overcome or achieved? Well, on my request in 1989, my father, William uh, Bill Bonsall, as he was known, recorded 14 lengthy audio tapes describing his life. The last eight tapes that encompass the years 1940 to 1950, he titled The Violent Years, and they include his recollections of landing in the second wave of Normandy during World War II, being captured and imprisoned by the Germans, escaping to Poland, and ultimately participating in the 1940 Olympics as a gymnast from Penn State University. Um, he called this time violent, not because you know people were being hurt or damage was occurring, but because of the tremendous changes, both good and bad, that upended his life. But I was busy raising a family, getting degrees, and embarking on my career as a biology teacher in the years immediately following his gift to me. And so, therefore, I did not hear the recordings until two years ago when my son discovered the tapes in the back of a closet and had them transferred to modern technology. As soon as I heard him, I knew right away that his story needed to be told. And because he addressed them to me directly, I kind of thought it was my responsibility to tell his story. Unfortunately, my father died in 2015 at the age of 92 the same year I retired from teaching because I acquired, uh, I contracted Parkinson's disease. And so I missed the opportunity to directly question him about the recordings. But my mother, fortunately, who's 97 years old now, is still very mobile and sharp of mind. And so she was able to provide contents, context to the tapes and to answer my questions. Now, part of the problem for this undertaking was I simply could not just transcribe the audio tapes and stick them in a book. Uh, first of all, there's too much information there. I decided just to focus on that one decade. But my father on the tapes was obviously talking directly to me in a conversational tone. And though, though it's very comfortable to listen to, it's terrible when you read <laughs> the actual words. So I had to make a lot of adjustments, removing ahs and ums and uh, repeated phrases, those kinds of things. And sometimes I had to rework a phrase so that it would make sense. And which I indicated in, in the way uh, in the book. But I wanted to keep his folksy way of talking because, and he spoke actually very clearly and his uh, notes were, were well organized. Um, one thing that, one feature that struck uh, me and my siblings when they uh, heard all this stuff is how different his writing was from the way that, or his speech was from the, or the recordings were from the way that he talked normally. Uh, he was he was much more casual when he talked to us and he didn't talk a lot about his feelings or things that happened to him. So, uh, but this way he could get his thoughts organized and uh, get them in a, in a proper format. And I also realized that even if I just took that one section from 1940 to 1950 that he called the violent years, that the reader would not understand his references. He was talking about people and events that were not in those tapes. They were in other tapes. They were things that I knew about him or my mother did, or uh, they were in the more, hundred, more than 400 letters that my mother saved from his over those, those, those years. And so what I had to do was I had chapters that were in his voice where he is describing what's happening to him. And then I set up a second narration, a parallel storyline in third person describing his life so that I could get that information into the reader so that they would understand what the choices he made 
and why he did some of the things that he he did. What will go down as the three biggest lessons that you learn? It sounds like quite the process trying to make your your father's words make sense, I guess. But if you could boil it down, what would your three biggest lessons be? Well, I, th- I thought in the beginning that I was writing about my father's history, just, just facts. But instead, I discovered that there were three values, responsibility, family and country, that are essential constructive pillars to our society. Uh, my father was very big on the country. Uh, he was very patriotic, and that was ba- that was was based on his family life growing up. And in the family, they were big on responsibility. So the three things are are kind of connected. And I I realized I thought that my father, of course, he's my father, so I thought he was a very special kind of guy. But I realized after a while that he was. Um, he represented the greatest generation. He was a representation of that. And the story is a tapestry of the lifestyle that produced that generation, perhaps alien to many people today, that then it fostered discipline and character and allowed the country to crawl out of the nationwide poverty of the 1930s depression, go out and defeat foreign aggressors all over the world, and then return to build individual and collective prosperity. And I realized that what was so extraordinary about his life was that he wasn't extraordinary, but he was an ordinary representation of the greatest generation. If you could go back, Barbara, would you change anything? Would you do anything different? Would you go back and change anything? Well, obviously, I I wish that I had listened to the tapes while he was uh, still alive. But the last 10 years of his life, he had Alzheimer's. So I would have had to gone back quite a distance. And I, I began to realize that I actually wouldn't have been ready to write the book back then. My brother and sister did uh, get copies of the tapes at that time. They did listen to them at the time. And yet they did nothing because of the same thing that we were building our lives at that time. Also, I was always in science. And when I got Parkinson's, I was destroying what kind of one side of my body and everything was switching, not just my body, but my brain, I switched from the sciences to the arts and began drawing and then I started writing. And by the time I my son discovered these tapes, I had already published three books. So I was in a position and of an interest to be able to do something about this where I wouldn't have been earlier. But luck, luckily, I still had my mother around to provide the context that I needed to make the stories meaningful. How can people find out more about you, Barbara, and hopefully get a hold of the book? Where can people go? Well, I have an author page. It's www.talesfromthewatershed.com. That's all run together. And that's where I house my other, my artwork as well. But all the books are up there and links to Amazon where they can be purchased. If somebody goes to Amazon to look for this book and they look under B.B. Wood, my author name, they they will not find it because Amazon will take them to BBQ Wood, which will give them barbecue grills and charcoal and that kind of thing. So what they have to do is go into uh, the the books uh, department and then look for B.B. Wood and they'll find the violent ears. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So some of my information is there as well. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Feel free to subscribe, share the show, leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts.